And welcome everybody to the Pac-Man Podcast. I'm Ted Flint. Pac stands for Patriotic American Citizen. And we begin with the push to possibly, the White House is pushing to reestablish mask mandates. That's the debate going on in Washington due to the, uh, the Delta variant causing spikes in coronavirus infections across the country. Uh, the Delta variant, according to the CDC, if you can believe that, the uh, Delta variant of Corona now makes up 83% of new cases in this state. The percentage is even higher in regions where vaccination rates are low. And I've done a, a column on this, and it's up on the uh, BMG network, the PAC perspective, on this whole business of mask wearing. And there is kind of, you know, obviously a couple of schools of thought on this, but the, it's like the, the newest divide. You know, the left divides us. Uh, by race, ethnicity, and, and by class. Now it's by whether or not you wear a mask. So that's up there if you want to read that. And, uh, you know, this Delta variant, I, I, you know, I've read enough about it to know that it's, I don't think it's any more deadly, according to the numbers of deaths, than the uh, other uh, forms of coronavirus. I mean, it is a, it's a, a variant, just like the flu. I mean, there are variants of the flu. If you get a vaccine against the flu, some years it's like 20% effective or other years it's higher. And the same with the with the COVID vaccinations. Some of these vacs are 95% effective, 97%, some are under 90. And, you know, with this variant, there's no telling how effective these the three, three main uh, vaccines we have in this country will be against the Delta. Anyway, um, I'm going to skip around here, go back and forth, and uh, cover as much as I can here in, in 15 minutes because there's just so much stuff to get to. Uh, the news still, I mean, you turn on the TV news I did the other morning, and it seems like half the stories are about Donald Trump in one way, shape, or form, either directly about Trump or indirectly. And the news earlier this week was the president's, former president's longtime ally, Tom Barrick, was charged with failing to register as a foreign agent, obstruction of justice, and lying to the FBI. These uh, people associated with Trump are still being targeted by the FBI. And uh, I'm not going to get into any of these stories that deeply, but I mean, I, what is the Washington establishment so afraid of with Trump? Why do they fear him so much that they're still beating up on him? I mean, he's out of the White House. He hasn't announced whether he's going to run in 2024 or not, but they're still, they're just, they're, you know, they're trying to crush him. He, he's always in the news. I know why I think CNN is trying to get him in every other story because CNN's rankings or ratings are so low. Nobody's watching CNN any longer because when they did watch him, it was because they were fixated on Trump. All right, uh, on to uh, other news in the NBA. If you still watch the NBA, fewer and fewer, in, uh, fewer and fewer Americans watch the NBA, and I'm, I guess, numbered among them. But earlier this week, the Milwaukee Bucks beat the Phoenix Suns in Game 6. That's their first NBA championship since 1971. Lou Alcindor was on the 1971 team. He became, of course, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. That's how far back you got to go to remember the last Milwaukee Bucks NBA championship. I think Oscar Robertson, Milwaukee Bucks, great. I think he was part of that 71 team as well. So the Bucks win in six. Uh, Jeff Bezos reached the edge of space aboard a Blue Origin rocket, landed safely in the Texas desert. There's some jokes there that I'll refrain from. But anyway, the flight was the latest major step in com uh, commercializing space tourism. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I, you know, I'm not going to ever go up in space just to, for the heck of it. I, you know, I get a nosebleed when I get on a six-foot stepladder. 
But, you know, power to him. I saw a little bit of it on uh, Fox carried a bit of it. I wish Bezos would take a one-way trip to the, to the moon or maybe a one-way trip to Mars. But uh, President George W. Bush, one of his nominees earlier this week, and I think the media kind of downplayed this for obvious reasons. A Bush appointee, a federal judge, Hainan is his name, declared DACA was implemented unlawfully. And this judge claimed that President Obama overreached his presidential powers and violated the Administrative Procedural Act. He prevented the public from voicing its concerns on the issue. And this was in the Daily Wire. I read this, and I think this is a big story. DACA is illegal. You can see why the media would want to downplay that. DHS, I'll read you the, uh, the uh, statement from Judge Hainan. He wrote in his, in his decision, DHS failed to engage in the statutorily mandated process. So DACA never gained status as a legally binding policy that could impose duties or obligations. That's the end of the, he put a screeching halt to the program. Now, will there be a challenge to this? No doubt about it. I think the Supreme Court will eventually have to hear this. But Judge Hainan ruled no new undocumented minors are allowed to apply for DACA. That's going to put an end to some of these big surges in illegal immigration. Now, according to The Hill, the, the judge's decision does not apply to the estimated 600,000 current recipients who will remain in the program and they have the opportunity to renew their application. However, the fate of the, of the program in its entirety will depend on additional rulings. This will no doubt go to the U.S. Supreme Court. But DACA is, has been uh, put on hold, at least for the time being. I don't know if you saw this, but last weekend uh, there was a conservative political action conference in Dallas. And Congresswoman Lauren Boebert, she reminds me of a young Sarah Palin. And she was, you know, she revved up the crowd. She said, don't come knocking on my door with your Fauci-ouchie. You leave us the hell alone. As she was responding to this, uh, this push by the Biden administration, thinking of going door to door to encourage people to get a COVID vaccine. Well, we don't want you around. I, I know what's going to happen if a federal agent comes knocking on my door. I'm going to send him packing. I mean, this is America. You don't knock on Americans' doors and try to intimidate them into getting a vaccine. Anyway, this Boebert, and she's to the right politically of most of her other uh, compatriots in the Republican Party. On vaccinations, uh, though, her message is not the exception for a sizable chunk of the Republican Party and the conservative media. We are pushing back on Biden and his administration's efforts to vaccinate the country. I mean, if people want the vaccine, I'm not saying to not get the vaccine. If you're led to get it into getting it, then we'll then get it. And I, and I plan on getting it if and when the FDA approves it, as I've said before. But trying to force people or intimidate them into getting a vaccine is not what this government should be engaged in, in my view. I think we have to be approaching herd immunity at this point. I mean, we have to be close to that 70% a mark. Or now it's inching up with, with if you listen to uh, Fauci, it's 75, 80, 85%. But I think 70% has always been the established figure to reach herd immunity with people who have contracted COVID and the people of 100 million Americans who've gotten the vaccine. I think we have to be getting close. Anyway, the, uh, the pandemic is still front and center and investors are shaky over this you know, whether or not the COVID pandemic will ever end. So stocks were sold off this week and uh, they rushed into bonds, investors, on fears that the Delta variant will slow the economic recovery or lead to more lockdowns. That is certainly the, the fear. And I guess the Dow dipped some 800 points earlier in the weeks. Let's hope that the political class has learned some lessons from the last 18 months. 
shutting down the economy doesn't work. Uh, lockdowns do not work. They're going to the, 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 look this this COVID is going to be with us maybe forever. We have to live with it without shutting down the economy. The sh shutting down the economy didn't work. It just wrecked the economy. People got COVID. People, even people who were wearing masks, and now we're finding out these cases of fully vaccinated Americans getting infected with a virus. I mean, we have to live with it. It's like a flu virus. So the uh, the new COVID uncertainty and the political angst would explain the 2% drop in the Dow Jones Industrial Average. But, uh, you know, I don't worry much about stocks. Everything I have is kind of tied up and staying alive, as Archie Bunker once said. And it's true. I don't own any uh, any stocks. I don't know what my portfolio would look like compared to other people's, but I don't care. That, that doesn't bother me too much. I'm invested. I'm trying to invest in the life and the afterlife. That's where I am on that. I never really fretted too much about my retirement. I got some money put away, but people are just like so focused on their retirements. Especially, I mean, I work for the state. So everybody down there talks about their, you know, how long they've been in, like it's a prison sentence and a uh, prison term and uh, what their retirement portfolio looks like and all this other stuff. And I just, it doesn't interest me. I mean, I'm sure a few in a few years it will, but right now, not so much. Uh, let's see, public schools, uh, and, and, I've, and this has been a theme of a lot of my shows and, and columns, they are broken. And I was reading a piece by Patrice Lewis, I think it was in World Net Daily or Epic Times, one of those, Red State possibly. And uh, we're seeing these battles, these pitched battles between school boards around the country and parents on the issue of critical race theory. I think teachers are kind of caught in the middle. I mean, a lot of these teachers belong to unions. Teachers unions are on one side of this issue in most school boards. And parents are on the other side. And it, it amazes me how more parents, at least the parents I know, don't get more involved in their kids' education. We're paying through the nose for this. We pay big money for education. Your property taxes, if you own property, those property taxes help to fund public education. So you have a say in what your kids are learning in your local school district. You're paying for it. Why would they teach kids something that you're you, of which you don't approve? If they if these uh, these uh, teachers are force feeding your kids, whether it's critical race theory or whatever other radicalized uh, agenda they have, you have a right to stop it. You have a say in the matter. And if they won't stop preaching or indoctrinating your children, then you have the right to take your kids out of school. Now, you need to be prepared to homeschool them, as my wife and I have done. My wife has done most of the schooling of our kids, because the, the, what's in the public school is really rot. It's just, it's awful. And we're seeing over 5,000 teachers, according to this piece here from uh, Patrice Lewis, 5,000 teachers have signed a pledge to defy anti-critical race theory laws. So they're gearing up for the, the inevitable battle that will take place and is already taking place in many districts. Parents are fighting back. They're not going to have this crap force-fed on their children. You need to fight back because you're paying the tab for this. In effect, we're, we're paying for our own demise. These people, these teachers are left-wing socialists and radicals. They have an agenda, and it's not to teach your kids. You can go on the net, you can go to any number of sites and listen to some of the, this audio from some of these public school teachers making their children recite certain ideas about white privilege and making white kids, and most kids in public schools are white, depending on you know the school, of course, and the area, 
making white kids believe that they are born of a certain privilege because of their skin color, which is absolute nonsense. That's what critical race theory does in part. It teaches that all whites are oppressors and all blacks and Hispanics, all people of color are oppressed, which is absolutely false. So get involved in what your, what your kids are learning in school, and uh, you got to take the bull by the horns here. One final story, a Florida man who breached the U.S. Senate chamber. Remember those, uh, the, the media refers to it as riots on January 6th, or uh, what do they say, uh, the, the uh, insurrection. It was no insurrection. It was a, a few people who were ze- overzealous. Things got out of hand there, but most people were peaceful in their protesting. Anyway, this is a Florida guy breached the U.S. Senate chamber, carrying a Trump campaign flag, was sentenced to eight months behind bars earlier this week, the first punishment handed down for a felony in the January 6th Capitol uprising. And I don't know the severity of the other sentences. Hundreds of cases are pending. I'm just wondering, the guy's name is Paul Paul Hodgkins, for what it's worth. Uh, he's 38 years old. And uh, I wonder if the, the Capitol police officer who shot and killed the uh, unarmed veteran, Trump supporter, if he's going to be charged with prison time. We just found out his name a couple of weeks ago. Here's a guy who gunned down, and, and I realized things were, were chaotic, but he shot and killed this unarmed Trump supporter. This woman was a veteran, a U.S. veteran. I, you know, we couldn't even get the guy's name. You can bet he won't be charged. He will not serve prison time. How about the BLM terrorists and protesters and the Antifa thugs who burned cities over, over the summer last year? Have they been sentenced? I haven't heard. That's about all the time we have for this edition of the Pac-Man. I'm Ted Flint. If you want to go and listen to this show and all our fine shows, go to the BMG Network and you'll find uh, the, the uh, Adrian Ross Show. You'll find the Ken and Mike Show, the Ken Burns Show, Mic'd Up with Mike Hansen, Set Apart with... Kristen Kuhn, and, and so many more uh, great features up there. Great columns. We have the Pac-Man or the Pac uh, Perspective, a column that I write at least once a week. You know, when the spirit moves me, sometimes it'll move me once a week, sometimes two or three times a week. If you want to contact me directly, you can do so via email, pacman at thebmgnetwork.com, Pac, P-A-C-M-A-N, all lowercase. Thanks for tuning in, folks, and if the Lord wills it, we will talk to you soon. The Pac-Man Podcast was produced and edited in the BMG studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more episodes of the Pac-Man Podcast, go to the bmgnetwork.com or go to the BMG Network on Facebook. And be sure to tune in to the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flint.